0: Welcome back to Lethal. This is my first mini episode. It is different than my normal episodes. I will not be covering a death row inmate this week. I'll be going over all the inmates that I've written to, which death row inmates have responded back to me, and what I've responded back to them. So get ready for some tea. So, let's start with something easy. Why am I writing to death row inmates in the first place? I've been asked this by everyone. When I started the podcast, I wanted to talk about death row inmates each week, but I also wanted to get their perspective. All the information we receive is from the media and the court files, so getting their perspective is something I wanted to hear. Some death or inmates come from harsh backgrounds, and by no means am I saying it is justifiable for them to commit horrendous crimes. But I want to know what made them snap. You know, what made them commit these crimes? Did they grow up in abusive homes? Did they have an abusive spouse? Or did something just cause them to snap? When I started the podcast, my mom had a thousand questions for me. And the first one was she wanted to know why I would write to death row inmates. Why would I give them my time of day? And when I received my first letter, it verified why I wanted to write to them. We only hear one story. We only hear about this monster through the media. But who was this person before this act was committed? I wanna know if the inmate has maybe grown as a person from this experience, Are they sorry? Would they take it back if they could? Or are they stone cold and not remorseful at all? And by no means am I taking up for death row inmates, but I wanted to be an outlet so we can hear what's going on from the other side. So when I decided to do this, I was so excited, but I was also so nervous. I'm writing to serial killers, murderers, and rapists. You name it, and I'm writing to them. First, I decided to write to most of the women serving on Texas death row. I have a template that I go off of when I write to them. I don't want to give too much information about me, but just enough. I talk a little bit about myself, and I talk about my podcast. I then go on and say I'd like to cover their case sensitively and fairly. I'd like to hear their side of the story. I then go on to ask a series of questions about their background, and maybe how they grew up, what were their living conditioning conditions growing up and then i try to finish it off by asking about their everyday life and how it is now i'd also i also let them know if they don't feel comfortable sharing their case with me at this time it's totally fine they're fine to share whatever they're comfortable with off the bat i really thought i'd get a lot of letters at once but that did not happen i sent out a second load of letters and that's when i received my first response and that was from melissa lucio We've been sending letters back and forth for almost two months now. When I received her letter, I also received rules from the TDCJ prison, which was helpful to know. Inmates are not allowed to receive mail that is on colored paper. So I sent inmates letters on colored paper when I sent their first letter. So I had to go back and resend letters on white paper. Also, I don't know why they can't receive letters on colored paper. That doesn't make sense to me, but I'm sure there's a good reason for it. Letters cannot contain perfume, stickers, lipstick, bodily fluid, I mean duh, you know, powdery substances, or artwork that uses paint, glitter, glue, or tape. The second round of letters I sent to the inmates, I made sure to include a return envelope with a stamp and my returning address. But inmates are not allowed to receive these either, only from Bible study classes. So that was very interesting, I didn't know that. Let's get right into it. So I have written to 28 death row inmates. I know that's it. I really thought it was more, but I've sent most of these inmates two to three letters. I actually sent one of the guys five letters because I'm writing to three Williams and I accidentally put one of them on there multiple times. So he got five letters. So let's get into it. Who have I written? So I've written to Ronald Haskell. I covered Ronald in my very first episode, so go back and listen to it. I go in full detail about what he did. He has been on death row for one year and one month. He actually murdered his ex-wife's family. I've written to Darlie Routier. She's been on death row for 23 years and 9 months. Personally, I think she was wrongly convicted. I covered her case as well, so go back and listen for more details. Um, I've written her multiple times. I'm hoping to hear back from her, but I have not yet. She was convicted for murdering two of her sons. I think they were two and five. I could be wrong. Go back for all the details. But um, yeah, I have not heard back from her yet. I've written to Blaine Milam. His execution date was originally set for this year, but he was rescheduled for January twenty first, twenty twenty one. So I'll be writing him again, and this will be my third time to write him. He was convicted for murdering his girlfriend and her thirteenth month old baby. I've written to John Ramirez. I've written to him about two times. He was convicted for murdering a man for a dollar and twenty five cents. I've written to Kimberly Cargill. She's been on Texas death row for eight years and five months. She was convicted for murdering a woman who was set to testify against her in a child protective case. I've written to Linda Cardy. She's been on Texas death row for 18 years and eight months. She was convicted for abducting and murdering a 25-year-old woman. I've written to Brittany Holberg. She's been on Texas death row for 22 years and seven months. She was convicted for murdering and robbing an 80-year-old man in his home. I've been writing back and forth with Melissa Lucio. She's been on Texas death row for 12 years and three months. She was convicted for murdering her two-year-old daughter. For full details, um, I already covered her case, so go back and listen. I will be going over all the letters that we've sent to each other, And um, she actually has a documentary out that's on Amazon. I would definitely recommend to go watch it. I think it's the State of Texas versus Melissa Lucio. Um, It's very interesting to see a different perspective and to see how her lawyer did not help her and how corrupt um, her lawyer was and the district attorney in her county. So we'll go in full detail whenever I go over all her letters. I wrote to David Wood. He's been on Texas death row for 27 years and 10 months. He was convicted for abducting and stabbing a 24-year-old to death in El Paso. I have written to William Mason. He's been on Texas death row for 23 years and 3 months. He was convicted for kidnapping and murdering his wife. I've written William Hudson. He's been on Texas death row for three years. He was convicted for murdering six people on a camping trip. Um, I actually did receive a letter back from William Hudson, so I'll go in full detail with that when we start covering the letters. I've written to William Irvin. He's been on Texas death row for 16 years and eight months. He was convicted for stabbing a 24-year-old woman to death when he broke into her home. I have written to Farron Wardrip. He was actually the first serial killer that I wrote to. So he was convicted for murdering numerous women. And I do talk about him on my podcast. So go back and listen for full detail. And he did write back. So I will be covering his letter when we get to it. I've written to Rodney Alcala. He's currently serving in California. You might also know him as a dating game killer. So I did cover his entire case on my podcast. So go back to listen in full detail if you want to know what he did. But he was convicted for being a serial killer and rapist. I've written to David Carpenter. He was charged in California. He was a serial killer known as a trailside killer. I did cover him in my podcast, so go listen for full details. I've written to Dean Carter. He is currently serving at San Quentin in California. He was convicted for murdering four women. I've written to Stephen Catlin. He's currently serving in California. He was convicted for poisoning two of his wives and his adoptive mother. I do cover his case on my podcast, so go back for full details. I've written to Ivan Hill. He's currently serving in California. He was convicted for murdering nine people. I've written to Randy Kraft. He's currently serving in California. He was convicted for murdering a minimum of 16 young men. I've written to Glenn Rogers. He is currently serving in Florida. He is a known serial killer. I've written to William Taylor. He is currently serving in Florida and he was convicted for murdering Sandra Kushner. I've written to Samuel Smithers. He's currently serving in Florida. He was convicted for murdering two women, Christy Cohen and Denise Roach. I've written to Samantha Allen and John Allen. They're currently serving in Arizona. I did cover this case on my podcast last week. They were convicted for murdering their 10-year-old cousin. I've written to Joseph D'Angelo, so he is not currently serving on death row, but he is the Golden State Killer, so I thought I would go ahead and shoot him a letter. Alright, now that I covered most of them, let's go over my first letter. I received my first letter from Melissa Lucio. She was convicted for murdering her two-year-old daughter, and she's currently serving on Texas death row. So, I did watch her documentary. I would definitely recommend to go watch it. Like I said earlier, it's called The State of Texas versus Melissa Lucio. It's on Amazon. So, I sent her a letter and I let her know I started a true crime podcast and I wanted to get her perspective on the case. I also let her know that I'm open ears and I will not judge whatever she tells me. So, she started off by telling me about herself. Her name is Melissa, but she prefers to go by Mel. She is currently 51 years old and her birthday is actually on June 18th she said that tdcj website has it wrong she was born in lubbock texas and was raised in the rio grande valley she's the oldest of five siblings so she pretty much raised them she has 14 children seven girls and seven boys mel loves to draw read write solve sudoku puzzles and listen to 80s music she misses cooking her mexican dishes especially cooking flour tortillas for fun she helps garden in the recreational yard They have cucumbers, tomatoes, bell peppers, jalapeno peppers, watermelon, swiss chard, lettuce, and herbs. Mel also wanted to let me know that she is loving, caring, and a giving woman. She enjoys meeting people and making friends. So I pretty much summarized what her letter said. So when I first received it, I was contemplating how to write back because she sounds like a normal, great woman. She loves 80s music and she loves eating tortillas. I mean... I love '80s music, and I live on tortillas, but then I have to remember I can't put on my blinders. She's a human being, so I want to be—I want to treat her with kindness and respect, but at the same time, she's on Texas death row. So, when I wrote Mel back, I started out by saying, thank you for writing me back. I really appreciate it. She wanted to know how I got her information, so I told her I got her information from the Texas Death Row website, but after doing more research, I found the documentary called The State of Texas versus Melissa Trailer." So, the documentary looked very interesting to me, so I decided to write to her. So, I told her a little bit about myself and i wanted to sympathize with her so i told her that i love 80s music which is true i grew up on 80s rock and i told her just like some facts about me and what i love to watch so i also went on to ask her different questions i wanted to know if she was still in contact with her family and children and i wanted to know what her daily life was like was she able to hang out with other inmates in her free time and Um, I said, I'm curious because I hear the prison is very restricted. So I don't know if you're able to hang, make friends with other inmates. So that was one of my questions. Um, I also asked what she did in her free time. If there was anything else that she left out and I asked her how the food was in prison. I said, I figured it must be good since y'all are able to grow some produce If so, what is your favorite meal that is prepared there? So I kept it nice and short, so she did respond back to me. So when I received my second letter from Mel, she starts out by saying, Hello Bert, just received your letter and I was happy to hear from you. So she goes on to say that anytime she receives a letter, she will always respond to them. She also says that she's excited for the new documentary to come out. She said it shows her feelings, emotions, and sorrows, and it portrays her how she really is. So then she goes on, she wants to know some stuff about me. So she actually gave me 10 questions. She wanted to know if I was a male or female, if I was married or single, if I wanted any kids, my favorite meal, any hobbies, my favorite holiday. If I could be any animal, what would I be? And if I could travel anywhere in the U.S., where would I travel to? Am I currently writing to any other inmates? And she wanted to know what my take on the death penalty was. So this letter was pretty short and sweet. She just wanted to tell me who her favorite artists were. And she just had a lot of questions for me. So I did respond back to Mel, and this is what I said. I told Mel I did watch her documentary and it was very informative. A lot of the information that was on the documentary was very new information to me because a lot of the details that was in the documentary was not available to read online. So it was great to hear a different side of the story on the documentary. Um, I also told her it was very surreal to see her on TV since I'm writing her. And I did let her know that I think her lawyer did an awful job in her case and um i don't think she was represented correctly in my opinion i told her after i watched the documentary i had so many questions for her so let me give you a little rundown of her case so she had a two-year-old daughter that died the daughter um had fallen down the stairs and there was a lot of brain damage and bite marks and a lot of um bruises and marks on the baby's body so they didn't suspect that all of that was just caused from a fall down the stairs so in the documentary one of her daughters named Alex came forward and had confessed to Melissa Lucio's lawyer that she was the one that pushed the baby down the stairs and she was the one that was abusing the baby but the lawyer wanted to keep that hush hush so um, Melissa ended up getting charged instead of the daughter so I asked her if she still talked to that daughter Alex and I did ask her if other people were writing to her as well I asked her if other people were writing to her because in the documentary, her family doesn't seem to visit her very often. So I was just curious, you know, who does she talk to? Because her family said it's so difficult with her being in prison and they just feel so bad for her. They just feel like they need to keep living their lives. So I was just curious what kind of correspondence she has in prison and who she has it with. So I do go on and I answer all of Mel's 10 questions and I do tell her that I've written to a ton of death row inmates but for some reason I'm not getting as many responses as I thought I would be so I asked her why and so she does reply in the third letter but we'll get to that but I told her what is the next step in her appeal because this is so every death row inmate gets three appeals and she is currently on her third appeal so I wanted to know you know what is your next step and when will we hear back about her appeal. So I've received two more letters from Melissa Lucio. I have not yet responded to them. Um, I do plan on responding this week so I will keep y'all updated. She does start off by saying Um, It's a Sunday evening, and I'm sitting here listening to 80s music. She goes on, and she wants um, to know what I've been doing over the weekend and what I plan on doing for Halloween. So she lets me know that um, she does get together in Bible studies, and usually they will put on a movie for them. So that's something fun she said they get to do during their recreational time. Um, she also tells me what some of her favorite scary movies are. She said she loves Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, come on, everyone does, right? Um, So she wants to know if I'm passing out candy for Halloween or what I'm doing. So in this letter, it's pretty nice, short, and sweet. She also sends me a halloween card that she made me so that was really nice i will put a picture up on my instagram and she actually sent me a picture of herself and she wanted to she asked me if i could send a picture of myself to her so she can put a name to the face so i have not yet decided what i'm doing with that but that was my third letter from melissa So she responded to one of my questions. I asked her how the food was in prison, and she said she eats whenever it is edible. Um, She said the food isn't very good, and I'm guessing um, she talks about how she eats a lot of burritos. So I'm guessing she buys that from the consignment store. So I did receive a fourth letter from Melissa Lucio. She starts off by talking about her Sunday morning and how it's been very loud. She said that they're doing construction... Or a repair in the prison so it's been really loud with workers banging and the power tools and she said there's been a lot of um, women being loud in the crisis cells so there's been screaming and banging against the walls so she said there seems to be no no quiet in her area So when I received Melissa's third letter, I was not expecting that letter yet. Um, It was a surprise to me. So she did send that letter before I had responded to her. So this fourth letter is her responding to my letter. So she said that she's really happy that um, I watched the documentary. And she goes on to talk about how she thinks the justice system failed. And um, she said since she was a poor Hispanic woman, she had an appointed court... Um, attorney that did not help her at all in her case so um, she said that she hopes the documentary um, allows people to see what really happened and how um, the justice system really failed her so in my letter I asked her if she still talks to her daughter Alex you know the one that had confessed Um, she said she does not talk to her at this point and she said um, people do write to her but she wouldn't say a lot So she does respond and she said she doesn't know why death row inmates aren't responding back to me, but she said she knows a lot of them are hesitant, especially if they come out asking about their case instead of just trying to get to know them first. Um, so that might be a reason, but I I feel like I'm pretty open in my first letters, even in my second letter. So, um, maybe I'll try a new approach. So she does ask me, um... So she asked me a couple more questions about my personal life. So I will be responding back to her about that. But she also asked me if I would ever consider visiting an inmate in prison. And I am not sure yet. I do think that would be very interesting in being able to talk to her in person. Um, It's something I will definitely consider. So that was the last letter I received from Melissa Lucio. Okay. The second letter I received was from Farron Wardrip. So he starts off by saying, dear Mr. Burt. I don't know if Burt is a male name, so I don't know why if people are thinking I'm a male. So anyway, he says, I'm sorry if it has taken me this long to respond to your letters. You see me for the last six years, I've been battling Parkinson's disease along with diabetes and heart disease. I use a walker here in my cell and a wheelchair outside the cell due to my health. I have way more bad days than good days, so typing you while feeling better. I sleep way too much thanks to the medications. Years ago, I would have exchanged letters with you answering all your questions, but I cannot do that in this day and age. I lost my appeal battle at the Fifth Circuit, so looking for the state of Texas to set my execution date very soon. Considering this coming, February 2021, 22 years will have been passed since and since my arrest and. Um, coming to death row trust me I'm ready to go God bless Farron Wardrip so I don't think his execution date will be anytime next year because they're already starting to set execution dates and he is not up for execution there are currently five execution dates scheduled and I will be writing to every single one of them so that was Farron fair and Wardrip and I will be sending him another letter this week the third letter I received was from William Hudson he said, Bert, hello, this is William Hudson. You wrote me a while back asking if I wanted to talk about my case um, for your true crime podcast. I'm not interested, but thanks for the offer. You're persistent. I will say that. I wish you the best of luck. Sincerely, William. So, William, I accidentally wrote him five times. That is the inmate I was talking about. But... We've received a total of three different inmate letters. So that's super exciting. So I will keep y'all updated. If you want to know in real time, all the updates, go ahead and go to my um, Instagram at lethal underscore podcast. I do give frequent updates there and I give little previews about what the inmates have told me. So I know I did read those two letters verbatim and I didn't read Melissa Lucio's letters verbatim. Um, her letters are very long and she does share a lot of information. So I did just want to cover the main facts about him. But um, I will be going on the Instagram and I will post the picture that she sent me and the card that she made me. But I will be getting on here every month to give y'all updates with all the letters and what I've received from death or inmates. Um, if you wanna give me any feedback, feel free to email me or shoot me a message on instagram i hope you enjoyed the first mini episode more to come so please rate and review go follow my insta lethal underscore podcast and feel free to shoot me an email at lethal.tcpodcast at gmail.com don't forget to tune in next wednesday for a new case and a new inmate i'll be covering a new death row state